Hey everybody, Gene here. Just wanted to let you know about the Fraser Mountain uh, Renaissance Fair and Elizabethan Shakespeare Festival happening June 18th and 19th and 25th and 26th, respectively, in Fraser Park, California, about 45 minutes outside of LA. A nice little drive, get out of town, go to a Renaissance Fair. Uh, tickets are dirt cheap. Information uh, can be had at www.fmrf.info. And uh, you can get all the details on hours and events. I think it's 10 to 6, and they've got uh, lots of vendors and lots of shows. Looks like family fun for everybody. Uh, we're going to try, the family uh, and I are going to try and make it out there at least one of the weekends. So I hope to see you there. Once again, that's the Fraser Mountain Renaissance Fair and Elizabethan Shakespeare Festival in beautiful Fraser Park, California. Get more information at www.fmrf.info. Thanks. Brothers fan. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> the Shaky Down Radio Hour is on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. Gene, who do we have here in my home? I have been trying to uh, to do justice. Uh, I'm going to say star of stage, star of screen, star of smaller screen. And many podcasts. And podcasts. I was yes. going to get the new media part. Um, it, kind of a fixture in the LA uh, uh, scene and Twitter scene. Well, James Urbaniak. Thank you, boys. Good Thank to be you. here. Um, you all probably know uh, Mr. Urbaniak as uh, uh, Dr. Rusty Venture from the Venture Brothers. Uh, and uh, uh, well, gosh, I've, see, this is exactly what I did. We were talking off the air about the last time I, I saw James in person uh, where I was confused and I, I had to like in my head go over your credits to my wife. I turned to my wife and yes. I said, I said, this is James. You might know him from the Venture Brothers. You might know him from uh, American Splendor. He played, uh, he played our crumb. And, and I just, I listed like three or four of your credits just to reinforce in my head that I knew who you were because <laughs> he had a very funny haircut. Yes, we saw each other a while back when I had done a short and my hair was very short, but long in the front and blonde. Yeah. Short back and I, I changed my format briefly. Yeah, and it freaked me the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> it was very creepy. I mean, in my head. Not yeah, your, not it was like a different version of me. Was I wearing my glasses? Because that would have really freaked you out if I didn't have my glasses on. No, no, you had your glasses on. All right, good. Yeah, I think that's actually what it keyed into. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was really it was really like you were wearing a different top of your head. Yes. <laughs> Everything from your eyebrows up weirded me out. It happens in the acting trade now and then. Does. You change your appearance. Mustaches come off. Mustaches For show come business. Off. Yes. I, I, I'm worried about that because every role that I've ever acted in required a beard. Yeah, you're like the beard guy with the long hair. Yeah, and I'm. They do a lot of background work in uh, westerns. <laughs> oh, I wish. Well, Deadwood. You, you got to talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I came to LA way too late. I, I missed think, the whole. Yeah, Deadwood. you missed Deadwood. I think. Damn. I think if I were cast in a western right now, I would. Um, I would not go with the old sourdough. I would. I would probably go with the uh, the dude from back east. 
Yeah, I would see you in the little uh, rimless glasses. Mm. You're like the editor of the newspaper. So right, right, You'd right. have like a little derby. I do. <laughs> it's funny, James, because you're the second actor who Wait, has been able to cast Gene. Now, totally. we haven't had Mr. And Oak I would work with you in the newspaper office. All right. We, yeah. we, the two of us with, would be the guys from the East who came to start the And newspaper. you'd have the, the sleeves rolled up with the garters. Yeah, maybe an eye shade. Yeah, I, I think the eye shade. <laughs> Absolutely. Cold I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm see, we haven't I, had I think this is a series. Yeah. We're, we're, we're on it. Frontier paper. We what? haven't had him as a guest on the show yet, but Rick Overton had told you that you were perfect for cop roles. Yeah, cops. I should and play I, cops. I still think about that. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. You'd have to do a little old uh, George Carlin, New York. All right, what's hey. going on here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, I want to, but see, I, I always want to do the... Yeah, I think of him as a carnival barker or like some sort of... <laughs> yeah, like a P.T. Barnum, maybe, type. Step right up kind of thing? Yeah. I played a fat lady once. Nice. A bearded lady. A bearded fat lady. Boy, I was like really mashing it all together. Um, boy, that went off track. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about. It. Yeah, so yeah, I think I, I would want to go. I would want to go the from from like the Bronx. I'd, I'd rather do the uh, what's all this then? Oh, you'd be an English the, guy. The detective inspector. Yeah, what's all this then? What's all this then? Right. I have decided that um, if I ever get rich, I'm not going to affect a, a posh British accent. I am going to affect a uh, Cockney accent. Yeah. So we're like, right, right, old son. We'll say what? We'll I want, say I want like a swamp person accent. Have you been watching that show? No. Have you watched that show? There's like a what? swamp show on Discovery or something. And it is... about A, a show about a swamp? It's about like people, people who live in the swamp. the swamp. Yeah. Swamp people. Yeah, it is. And it's... But they all have weird... It's like their accent is... Where's not, the swamp? Um, Florida. All right. Um, so Weirdest it, state in the union. You can look it up. Right? <laughs> that's yeah. a fact. Yeah. That's that a verifiable that, That's facts. actually on their bumper sticker. Yeah, the, on the license plate. It's like oranges, yeah. crazy, comma, crazy. We're just state in the union. Florida. But, uh, but, they have, but they have weird, they're like, it's like a weird, like, Creole, some of the people on there. It's not like a Cajun accent. Right. And it's not like, I mean, but it's some weird, like, any old way out to do that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, you need... You need subtitles to understand. Yeah, well, it's but anyway. So they kill a lot of alligators, is what I gather. <laughs> is what these people do. Yeah, kill a lot of alligators down there in the swamp. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> so absolutely glad to have you here. <laughs> glad to be here. Well, thanks, guys. This is really fun. Oh, oh. <laughs> thanks oh, for. Right. We'll see you later. <laughs> Take some edamame. All this joke in the for your pockets yeah, exactly. on the way out there. <laughs> Works. It, I'm so glad that I got new life in podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to just mention sure. how we're. Um, you know, we're heading into our our second year of the podcast. Yep. We're Gene uh, and I haven't had a real good sit down about this yet, but talking about the way that we can pioneer um, with podcasting. There's so many podcast networks mm-hmm. now. There's all these new things mm-hmm. happening, and I I'm thinking, you know, you push for um, interesting locales. So today we're on the edge of a yard sale. <laughs> there is a yard sale happening right outside. A no, small so- one. A lovely young couple mm-hmm. who said they're selling. Uh, uh, stuff for their wedding fund. Oh, yeah. I, I would have been less dismissive of it then. <laughs> when I watched it, I was a little bit late, so I kind of was like, I think that they thought they saw someone who was willing to buy stuff, and I breezed past them. And Did you put your it. hand up like when you're trying to avoid eye contact? No, I did not. I made, I made eye contact. I, 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 I came it. up and I knocked on the door. I think you might have said, come in, but I didn't hear you, so I lingered. And then they said, <laughs> hey, you want to take There's a look around? Show. And then I looked around, and then the girls said, oh, I'm just kidding, you don't have to. But they were very nice. They were like, 
<laughs> while you're waiting, right. you might as well look at some of our old T-shirts and coffee cups. They had a nice, uh, they had a nice uh, hooded sweatshirt. I bought um, the Lotteria. You know, oh, have you seen those sure. printouts of the? They have a Monopoly game that I almost considered uh, buying for my kids. Yeah. But it has like California on the cover. I don't know if it's like a LA oh, version of Monopoly. Was, yeah, probably. <laughs> you can buy Genesee oh. <laughs> instead of Baltic Avenue. <laughs> yeah, what would so obviously Rodeo Drive is going to be yeah. is going to be your your, your uh, boardwalk park place kind of thing. What would Fountain be? Because I just know always say Fountain. Fountain. <laughs> you know? Fountain. Well, I don't know. Fountain would probably be uh, orange. Yeah, there you go. It's going to be an orange bed. Orange bed. I mean, if, if the valley makes it on there, which I yes. doubt, <laughs> um, I don't know what Ventura Boulevard might be up there. That's a nice street in the valley. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so we, but see, so this is the thing. So, you, we're on the edge of a yard sale. So, you may get some, hear some uh, hawking and buying and selling. Yeah. The market, the sounds of the marketplace. But that was just, that was not planned. That was, that was just synergy, right? Right. Okay. And that's what we're all about on this show. We are all about. Yeah, it just happened. It's reality, man. Is that our you can't, you can't uh, fake this stuff. Exactly. Why try? <laughs> Why bother? Can't force it. <laughs> Why bother? Oh, you can force it. We found that out. <laughs> Actually, I don't think we forced anything on the show, have we? No, no. Although, you forced. Oh, you have forced some puns. I will. Oh, that's what I do. <laughs> I, that... I am the uh, head of the IMF Bank of Puns. I see where you went with that. Thank you. You're an awful man. Indeed. Anyway. So, um, I don't know what we should talk about. See, this is the thing. Is is Brody's the guy that does the research? I, yeah. I, I, you mm. have any topics? I think we know? both know your your work fairly well. Um, I'm a huge Venture Brothers fan. I'll get that thank out the table you. now. Thank you. I, I, I resisted, strongly resisted wearing... <laughs> I, I, I totally bought into the T-shirt of the month club. Did yeah, they? I know that's. Ex- I I own. I'm wearing one now. You're wearing. And the- they sit at the top of my t-shirt drawer, oh. and so I just wear them all the time without even thinking about it. Yeah. And then uh, once I, I also have a, a nice staff jacket that was not available commercially, but that I own. And and once I was out somewhere wearing the Venture Brothers jacket uh, with some friends or something, and they're like, "Oh, you got your Venture Brothers jacket?" I'm like, "Yeah, well, it's a good jacket." Sure. And then it was warm, and I took the jacket off, and there was a T-shirt underneath. <laughs> they're like, "James, seriously?" And then you consulted, I mean, come on. And then you consulted your Brock. Like, I didn't even think Brock. about it. I just had the shirt on, and uh, yeah, yeah. See, I think that's. But more they're fine quality yeah. uh, garments. Yeah. I think that's more forgivable than being the musician in the band who wears your own band shirt. In New York City, you would see. Uh, I don't know if they still make them, but for a long time, people on Broadway would have show jackets that were done at, like high school jackets, right, right, right. varsity jackets, and they would on the back it would say "Beauty and the Beast," and they were just the tackiest <laughs> things imaginable. It was but like for crew, ha- for anybody right. working on the show, actors, yeah, probably yeah. crew, but those just look super cheesy. It was just it's it's a fine line in. in Promoting the thing you're involved. Yeah, in. and I the high, the high school. The, well, I saw. You know, with like the raised lettering on the back and yeah, an image, and it yeah. was Did it have a letter too. Because that would be awesome. <laughs> D for dork. <laughs> right, right, exactly. TN for theater nerd. Yes. Yeah. So I, I saw um, um, Robert Morse at Burbank Airport wearing a Mad Men jacket. There you go. And I was like, and, and he, look, he plays. Um, did it uh, have uh, giant Bert lettering Bert. on it, or was it just like a nice little? It was, logo, kind of a varsity, the it was kind of a varsity kind of jacket, but yeah. it had the logo. It had the logo. Yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. I was okay with it. Yeah, I was okay with it. 
I do have a the I Venture Brothers say, uh, jacket I spoke of mm. uh, does have a giant V on the back. Oh, the, yeah. Well, and then it has a little Venture Brothers logo on the front. But uh, I just find it tasteful. <laughs> I don't think it's garish at all. Yeah. But paired with a t-shirt. It's one of those, it's a close-fitting American apparel jacket mm. that they put that stuff on. A shell jacket. So I look I look sexy in jailbaiting. <laughs> <laughs> You, you look like you're about It shows to. off my slim form. <laughs> it does. You are a wisp of a man. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was, I was... That's why we'd be very good as the two editors. Oh, yeah, yeah, Physically yeah. A very much different. Jeff kind of... Yeah, the large guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skinny you know, guy. what I saw, a, a fan... Um, kerfuffle... Kerfuffle's not the right word. Kerfuffle has a negative connotation. Does it? I thought it was... Kerfuffle is like to do... It, yeah, to do about something. It's yeah. yeah. Oh, like not as bad as a brouhaha. We'll say a buzz. Yes. Right. You were you were suggested um, by fans to uh, that you'd make a good Riddler for the. This has come up now and then. Yeah. I mean, I I do play a lot of villain types. I'm usually on like one shots on TV crime shows and things. That would be nice. Yeah. Better than Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, and I'd look Just good in that little. Question mark. Question mark. Yeah, you got the figure for suit. it. There right? you go. Maybe oh. they could maybe they could jazz you up like they did uh, Heath Ledger with the Joker, a little bit more modern. A yeah, bit make it look less a little more disturbing. Zoot suity, you know. Well, I don't jokery. know if you've, either of you read, um, and I'm going to mangle the last name, but I mangle many words on the podcast. That's what you do. Brian Azzaro. <laughs> you, did, you didn't even try that one. If you know it, go ahead and no, say it. No, I don't it. know. Anyway, he did like a really, really, really modern, like, gritty um, Batman update called just Joker and it was like the crime the, the rogues gallery kind of as street mobster you know right gang. so like the Riddler was like an old like mobster dude with like a cane who'd like been hit by a car and he had like a broken back and stuff and Joker was, <laughs> and he had a lot of questions he had, he had a lot, lot of questions of is this gonna be covered because I'm self-employed used to walk around in a bathrobe downtown <laughs> Little Vincent the Chin uh, Giganti reference there yeah. for you mobs fans. <laughs> Playing crazy. And Killer Croc was like just a, a guy with a skin condition as opposed to being like a literal crocodile. <laughs> so that's, that's right. Just that we're getting a little skin. away from the canon is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but that's what I like about the Christopher Nolan movies is because they are a little more grounded. I haven't really uh, seen those. I, I, uh, confession, I'm not really into, like, superhero comics and movies and stuff. I'll catch them peripherally, but I've never sure. been. I, I have to, you know, it's I'm actually not that much of a fanboy. Yeah. I'm just not into, like, that stuff. I go to Comic-Con with the Venture Brothers, but I, but that's I have nothing against that stuff. Sure, sure. I'm just, I've never been, like, that passionate about, like, uh, the whole fantasy, science fiction, superhero world, the yeah. way other people are. I kind of wish I just you get exposed to that through Thrilling Adventure Hour, too, right? Your work with uh, the Benz. Yeah, but that's a different kind of area that they're playing with, which is yeah. more, which is actually an area that I'm more interested in, which is sort of like 30s, 40s kind of pop culture, uh, like radio serials and, mm-hmm. and, and old movies. That stuff I'm way into. But I've never been that into like comic books and like that. And it's funny because I have five year old twins and my boy is getting increasingly interested in superheroes just from watching stuff on sure. TV. And so he'll ask me who people are and I'll have to like Google it. 
So I, I'm forcing myself to learn, like, that's the green somebody. Uh, I'm not sure which green guy that is. Let me look it up. Probably a good guy. <laughs> Might be a lantern. Might be the goblin. I'm not sure. Could be an arrow. Could Let me check. Arrow. The green monster. That was... The green, uh, the green thingy. Was it the, the Jealousy is the green monster. <laughs> I thought that was like a stadium they called the green monster. That's the wall at Wrigley Field. That's what it is. And coming from right. a dude who is not a sports fan... See, I, we, we talked to... Me neither. We talked to Jackie uh, Cation, uh, who does yes. Dork Forest. Yeah, you've been I on. did that, too. And it came because you're a star of podcast. I've been doing... Uh, sitting at many kitchen tables. <laughs> um, here, what, what? Are you saying that this isn't a professionally appointed studio? No, this is beautiful. <laughs> but uh, a fine home you have here. I, I kind of had to make that confession myself. It's like, I, I read comic books as a kid. I was really into to fantasy and science fiction books. Mm-hmm. But not, you know... If if Star Wars and Star Trek had to have a fight and one of them died, I wouldn't cry for either of them. You know? Yeah, I saw like the first three movies, sure. but then I just lost track. Yeah. And then uh, I saw the what was the one everybody hates. You know, the first. Oh, oh yeah, the, 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 the trilogy, the second trilogy, the yeah, second first. With the trilogy. little boy in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't Fan, remember what it's called. Phantom Menace. Prequels, like Phantom Menace. Yeah. I'd never seen it, and then I finally saw it because the boy loves Star Wars. Sure. Uh, by which I refer to Star Wars, the film Star Wars. A New Hope, Episode 4. Yeah, <laughs> Star Wars. It's called Star Wars. Yes. It came out in 77. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, which one? No. Star, no, Wars. Star Wars. The movie called Star Wars. Yeah. Please. <laughs> There's only one called Star Wars. Had a Luke Skywalker. I'll be like, we saw the first one. Oh, The Phantom Menace? No, not chronologic. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, uh, the boy loves Star Wars, which... In my limited experience, is the best one. Sure, it's just the, the storytelling is really just clean and precise, and it gets the job done. And it, I'm an Empire fan. We've we talked about this on a previous podcast. I, I, it's if Star Wars is very good of its type. But then I saw the Phantom <laughs> Menace, which I didn't see when it. I'm I never had seen it until like a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. And I I'd, I'd heard, you know, the shit all, the, all the hype, yeah. the anti hype, yeah. and then I was like, wow, it's all true. It's amazing. Yeah. Boy, that little boy is just like in anti-energy presence. It's like he's just like, it's just like he's a boy who wandered into the shop. It's not even like he's playing a character or being directed with any energy. Yeah. It's just like, what the hell is going on? It's like somebody, it's like somebody fell through and they're like, you know, craft services has a kid here. Yeah. Um, And it's very, there are no, there are no, it's very rare to have a talented child actor. What you have are great directors who know how to exploit a child. Sure. I said that non-pejoratively, just technically. Right, right, right. How to create, like Spielberg, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, with the little boy in Close Encounters, probably the same age as the Star Wars boy. Yeah. And amazing, because Spielberg knew how to play little games with him and capture real moments on film. Right. He knew how to create a perform, create an environment that was able to um, have the boy do something real and behave genuinely yeah because he's really good at that and then like George just didn't care or whatnot I was like whatever he's cute we'll just shoot him <laughs> he just has to say yeah he just has to say this thing and it doesn't see I just think George Lucas has a 10 year for dialogue and I think that as long as the words coming out are right he there's nothing above that so it's just like I'm standing here saying a thing and it's like and it's horrible and it's yeah. making everybody completely hate you I mean <laughs> yeah dear old Mark Hamill is sort of so much child actor in Star Wars anyway a princess <laughs> I mean um, with all due respect yeah he well he did nail he kind of did nail the he did nail the whiny, the whiny teen yeah yeah um, <laughs> but I was supposed to go to Toshi Station to pick up the flowers 
I was like watching that again. And I, again, I hadn't seen that in years, the original. Star Wars episode bloop. Uh, whatever. It was a four new hope. Yeah. Um, and it was like, it's, it's kind of, it's amazing to watch him and Alec Guinness and just these two acting styles colliding yeah. with each other. This is pretty much, this is pretty much what we, we, t- we, we, we talked about, uh, we talked about a couple episodes ago. It's, it's exactly that. It's like you have this, like, like they skimmed the cream of the Royal Shakespeare, Co- Royal Shakespeare Company and then they hired like dudes. Yeah. <laughs> all these well-spoken English people. Right, right, right. And they're all the villains. And then, uh, <laughs> or yeah, like well, like for Alec, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because the British Empire, man. Exactly. I haven't gotten over it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Run those yeah, wounds, run the You know what happened to the little kid, though? I have something here for you. Whoa, what is it? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what happened to the little kid who played Anakin, though, right? No. He, I saw an interview with him just a couple of years ago, and, you know, I mean, he's like a college kid now. He's actually uh-huh. just graduated. He's in law school now. Oh, good. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, yeah, high school, not fun. Duh. I'm sure. He's very bitter. Well, duh. <laughs> of course. Well, he's the face of ruining, well, Hayden Christensen really put the nail in the coffin, but. It's hard enough for any child actors to then go to school yeah. and be made fun of because they're on TV and movies, but if you're, you're the face of this Iconic disaster. <laughs> I would just carry. I would Forget just, about it. I would just carry a picture of Lucas around, and when anybody gave me shit, I would just go, "Boom! There's a picture of George Lucas. Send your hate mail to him." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. But it's uh, not my fault. No, I, totally I just wandered in at the frame <laughs> <laughs> by accident. <laughs> I was watching. I said, "Hey, <laughs> you stand here for a minute." Okay. I was in zombie makeup. I was thinking about how much I like turtles, and all of a sudden, <laughs> boom! There's this reporter in my face. <laughs> Um, oh where was the yeah, so so yeah I, I So who else can we destroy as we sit here? Uh, Sarah but, Palin, weird thoughts. <laughs> no, you actually you, have, you get in quite political on yeah. your uh Well I was joking when when I when I, when I first oh, kind of right. semi officially extended the invitation, uh, I, I I couched it in terms of a, a political joke, but uh uh, Obama. We're going to come discuss Obama, Kenyan Antichrist, or false Kenyan Antichrist. <laughs> That's right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're not afraid to to let your political. Fo- I, I'm very. I've been getting a little more comfortable with it, but I generally do political discussions. Boo. Well, on the Twitter, like I used to before pre Twitter, I had a live journal for years, mm-hmm. and if I had something that I thought was like an amusing spin or take on something political, I would talk about it. And so I still do that, but I'm not interested in just saying, Sarah Palin bad. But if I have like a funny (laughs) thing to say, and she certainly is a treasure trove of hilarity. So if there's- She's her own worst enemy. So, you know, (laughs) yeah. It's like something that's like, uh, that's what I respond to anyway, is when people just have an original spin on something. Rather than just reciting, you know, it's some just, partisan. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, you can say bullshit. It's okay. Yeah, one hundred forty characters. One hundred forty characters really only allows a link to something useful or demagoguery. Mm-hmm. Is really well, not, but it can, it, it, <laughs> oftentimes I should say. Sometimes, yeah, but it can also uh, people can the economy can uh, can uh, create something very witty, and you know. There's something about the form that uh, may, that I think works really well, you know, especially in like political discourse, because the best people are able to really hone something down sure, sure. to a very precise point. Like, I guess I one of that there's a guy named John Fuglesang who mm-hmm. like is a very witty guy who makes lots of great political jokes, 
and uh, it's a great use of the limitations that you know a great pithy joke can can say a lot actually so I appreciate that yeah no it, it's, it's not to say that it can't be done I just think that, I don't follow the people who just demagogue so uh, <laughs> I appear no I don't follow them. I don't I, I don't either because I I generally I mean I think well I do follow some because uh, some are hilarious like I had a lot of fun well, a few months ago with a guy named uh, who calls himself Gateway Pundit who's a yeah. right wing uh, lunatic and I, I do not use that term lightly right. like I, 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 I know I communicate with conservatives on Twitter who are normal Right. And they're kind of a dying breed, but there are normal conservatives. And this guy is just like a nut. And a, a few months ago, <laughs> there was this thing where uh, uh, Obama gave... Oh, it was after uh, the shooting uh, in, Arizona. Uh, in uh, Arizona. And he went to the local college and gave a speech in Tucson or wherever. Yeah. And uh, there was a, um, a photograph of the Jumbotron in the auditorium where he was speaking and it was closed captioned and there was a screen grab of the the jumbotron where you know how those work there yeah. it's it's there's someone's doing a sure. live transcription of the speech and the sounds mm -hmm. so people were applauding and then someone typed in as they do in brackets applause right and this guy his name is Jim Hoft gateway pundit put a post on his blog saying look Obama used applause signs at his speech. <laughs> and then this was this was like anyone who's ever seen closed captioning, who's right. ever like watched a football game, right. or, you know, knows that well no, that's a that's a live gunshots off screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. They're not saying shouting, oh, indistinct shouting. <laughs> yeah. And then this actually got picked up by a couple of other right wing bloggers. Oh. Uh, and I just thought this was hilarious. And the first thing I did was just link it and say, wow, this is an explosive story. <laughs> and then lots of people, and then one guy like on Tumblr wrote this very angry post about me saying, I can't believe this guy believes this. And I had to then do another post explaining that I thought any rational person and anyone who's ever read me would know that I'm kidding. But that's a guy, that's just one example. Sure. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That's a guy who's consistently you know, there was a guy back during the Bush years, uh, Charles Krauthammer, who's a right-wing pundit, coined the term uh, Bush derangement syndrome, saying that the left had an irrational hatred of Bush, but there is a major Obama derangement oh, syndrome. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 <laughs> and this guy has a yeah. big time, but, like, his stuff is so hilarious that <laughs> I enjoy kind of ribbing him on Twitter and he's I don't think he's ever responded to me really but I I, I um, yeah I don't know why I read those guys right back to me I kind of recalled people I remember that specific episode and I recall people applause gate I called it yeah I yeah that's exactly that's where I first um, yeah. became aware of your your Twitter presence yeah um, that got a bit of play yeah applause gate <laughs> He said something else really dumb recently. I can't remember what it was. He's always saying really dumb things. And there's a guy, there's actually a conservative guy who uh, confided to me privately, who I've communicated with, saying, yeah, people really, people on our side don't know if he's just being deliberately ridiculous or if he's really crazy. Is he just trying to throw, bomb, throw, you know, just stir things up or does he really believe this stuff? Yeah. And he's boy. like, I don't know. 
Well, have you seen the the, the uh, onion meme that's going around? Uh, the abortion complex? No, no. Well, all yeah, they're those. like people on Facebook <clears throat> link onion articles. Yeah, but real. it's all of those. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not just the abortion complex. <laughs> that was a big one. Yeah, but the yeah that's the yes, latest one. But more. it's but it's all of those. It's, and it's just like that's been going on for years. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh absolutely. People have. Yeah, uh, it's it goes back quite a while. Quite a while. It's it's. Uh, I still believe the super monkey collider is real. <laughs> there was one about J.K. Rowling expressing her. Uh, her love of Satan, <laughs> and that got linked by a See? lot of by a lot of evangelical Christian sites who hate Harry Potter, who say, "Well, here's your proof." <laughs> linked by the very people that they're making fun of. That's the amazing thing. Yeah, that's that's kind of. Well, I mean, I just I just think that I mean my my internet experience is pretty much like anything that crosses my path, I immediately check. I just immediately check. If it seems too good to be true, I check it. Snopes, yes. Reuters, whatever. It's like the old saying, if your mother tells you you love her, check it out and verify it. Yep. Everything. That's an old reporter saying. Yep. I'm calling myself a reporter right now. If your mother... Did you... Did you... Does that grammatically correct? If your mother... I don't you? know. That's up to the editors to figure out. Okay. Dude. All right. I just write stuff and I send it in. Me too. My own writing, I don't edit. I don't check. I, fact <laughs> I, I, I wrote something this morning that I'm pretty sure is 100% bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And it should be quoted soon on uh, yeah. Facebooks everywhere <clears throat> by uh, conservatives. Yeah, I just, I, I, this is kind of why I, I tend to bow out of political discussions, though, because there's just, I just mostly don't care about people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't care about people and their opinions. Um, you know, you vote. You, you whatever, whatever. You know, you you get information on the issues. You go out and you vote, and you try not to be a douche. I think is is the way yeah. to live your life. I mean, I I think there's a lot of entertainment value in it for me. Right. And like, what interests me is like the psychology of these people and their sort of human emotions. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, that's what's funny and interesting to me. <clears throat> like, why that this guy just allowed his brain to go to the place where he thought a Jumbotron applause transcription was a, a cue card for the audience. Right, right. That's a fascinating personality to me, someone yeah. who would do that. Yeah. And that's what that's what I'm interested in rather than just saying, you know, yeah. Obama's great and this guy's bad. <laughs> I, I think I think for me I think for me it comes down to um, it just makes it eventually makes me angry in some way, personally. Like like you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And it's happened on both sides of uh, it's happened on both sides of the fence as far as dumb things people say. Oh yeah, and the way that they and because of the internet, the way things can snowball. I mean, it's the great thing and the scary thing, which right. is that the literally any Tom, Dick, or Harry or Harriet can sit in their base proverbial basement and type some opinion, and if it uh, if people respond to it. Then it'll get currency, even if it's completely false. Yeah. Um, a great example is like the whole Letterman Sarah Palin brouhaha, <laughs> yes. where uh, that guy, um, this guy named Jim Treacher, who I had known because I had, uh, I, I said before, I'm not really a comic book fanboy, but I'm friendly with a lot of cartoonists and I am interested in like comics, like to a degree. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's years ago there's a it still exists the comics journal has a message board uh, and uh, I had friends who used to have conversations on there and there were very interesting discussions that would go on on there and I was just kind of uh, 
a lurker on mm-hmm. there. I never really joined in. But uh, there was a guy named Jim Treacher who's like a comic book fanboy guy who used to make a lot of kind of profane jokes and was just a sort of cut up. And then he slowly evolved into a kind of post 9-11 conservative. Right. And then he started a blog where he started getting Dennis very... Dennis Millerized? Very political, but he's essentially a comic book guy uh-huh. uh, deciding to become a right-wing blogger, you uh-huh. know. So then, uh, and his thing was always to, like, defend Sarah Palin and stuff like that, you know. Sarah Palin, you know, best politician ever. So he's basically a comic book guy. <laughs> uh, uh, came out of, like, the sort of fanboy message board community. Started... A blog, and then because he was on their side, started getting linked by better-known right-wing bloggers. Right, right, right. So David Letterman comes out a few years ago, makes the joke about Sarah Palin attending the ball game with her daughter, and her daughter getting knocked up by uh, the ball player. I don't remember who he said. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was somebody who had been in the news. Yeah, for, right. yeah. sleeping with Madonna. Or and so it was, and so, so. it was obviously a joke Maybe. on her daughter who had gotten pregnant you know without being married and so that's what the joke was clearly so then Jim Treacher writes on his blog well in fact she was at uh, the ball game with her whatever 14 year old daughter uh, not the one who got pregnant and so his his logic was he, he was saying the the incident of the joke could not have happened. Right, right. <laughs> because... How more pedantic was actually, Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and like... It, can find... What he said made no sense whatsoever, you know. Like, well, that joke could not have happened. The, the imaginary circumstances of the joke could never have happened because the younger daughter had gone to the ball game. Therefore, you could not joke about the other daughter being at the ball game. So, uh, this made no sense. But... He, there's a, there's, a, there's a great blog called Meme or Random. It's a little play on words. Meme or Random. I see what they did there. And uh, it's basically a clearinghouse for a political blog. So Meme or Random is just right, left, and center blog posts and stories. It'll be like newspaper stories and then blog responses. And it's just a clearinghouse. So it, it shows both sides. And it's, if you're a political junkie, it's an essential <laughs> website. I go to it every day. So this Jim Treacher post got posted on Memorandum, mm-hmm. which is the main stop for any political blogger. And then it had all these oh, other bloggers. Right. And by the end of, he posted that in the morning. By the end of the day, it was like the top story on Memorandum. Jim Treacher's fantasy about, and, he, and his point was, no, Letterman was specifically saying that making a joke about the underage daughter uh, being raped. That was that was his intention, which was just any normal person could see that wasn't true. So and then by the end of the week, <sighs> David Letterman was on TV apologizing because comic book guy had this fantasy that then got picked up, and that's what's gr- and that's also kind of great because the playing field is leveled, which is that comic book guy and the blogger at Time Magazine, if. What they're saying strikes a chord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can yeah, both yeah. get linked on Memorandum, yeah, yeah, and true. they can both be part of the discourse. But in this case, he's saying something that's palpably untrue. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's at, at, at best, it's pedantic and ridiculous. Yeah. At best, it's like, well, that joke doesn't work because it's the wrong daughter, and it works. And that that got any like, currency at all. Yeah, and yeah. it got to the point where Letterman had to apologize twice, and then Sarah Palin, of course, ran with it. Of course, she's like, this guy's right. 
Well, that's the, <laughs> see that, that that's 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 the part I think that eventually I, I just immediately see that arc and I immediately go to that place. Well, we had something. What was it? I can't remember what it was that you posted and then. What the heck was that? Uh, we had- oh, it was the 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 um, uh, scandals? It was Democratic versus Repo- Republican scandals. You posted a comment on your. On oh, Facebook. I posted a comment about something, and, and it yeah. doesn't matter. And it was like, and somebody, somebody, somebody replied, and I, you know, I should know not to go to that place, but I was just like, <laughs> it sounds like you're overgeneralizing. It was, it was, it was a scandal thing. Yeah, and somebody got nailed for something. And oh, typical Republican hypocrisy was the was the phrase that that got my goat. And I, I don't care; everyone's a hypocrite in politics at some point or another. I feel there are very few clean hands in politics. That's my philosophy. But when you generalize like that, typical Republican hypocrisy, it's no different than saying, you know, typical Democratic yeah. socialism. Yeah, it's like so. So I went and did the Google fight between. Like Republican scandal, oh, Democrat it was the whole scandal. Schwarzenegger thing. Oh, Schwarzenegger! It was Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah, typical Republican hypocrisy. And and I'm like, it's Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but I don't know that the Schwarz- Schwarzenegger isn't a social conservative in the way that others are. So it's not like he's yes. he's an evangelical who like precisely. Yeah. precisely. He's actually one of the last. He, he's more of this kind of dying breed of the old school moderate Republican who are basically fiscally conservative right. but aren't really when I grew up I grew up in New Jersey there was an extremely popular governor in New Jersey in like the early 80s named Tom Kane who later was on the 9-11 commission who was like these people didn't give a shit about abortion or gay yeah. people I mean no one gave a shit about gay people back then right, right. but it just wasn't an issue you didn't and, talk and, about and, it and like, there, it, and like re- Republicans <laughs> could be viable uh, without embracing this sort of niche corner of like evangelical Christianity right you have to carry the which banner. now they have to carry that yeah. banner and it's like that's that's a very very recent thing it's well, like and then on the other side and we'll, we'll stop this boring conversation in a second no no <laughs> <laughs> but like the point of making that like that's really a very far right um uh Evangelical, yeah. the far right evangelical thing is like just mainstream conservatism now, which right. is kind of bizarre because there's no corollary on the far left. Like it, it's not viable for like a socialist Maoist to run for. Creed. But I mean, like in the 30s, there were oh. socialist candidates sure. in this country because the economy had fallen apart, and they were like, "Well, this is an option. Let's talk about this." Yeah. And like that doesn't exist kind of anymore. So you've got like this everything. kind of very centrist triangulating Democrats and then you've got this extreme evangelical it's just this weird thing where it's and they consider like Kucinich a a fringe yeah personality because he's a vegetarian yeah well I consider him fringe because he's vegetarian <laughs> alright I'm the, ready to move on from the, the, the only thing I'll add to that is 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 the, the thing that killed it, just killed it for me was was well that, that kind of put it in a nutshell for me was I was listening to something and uh and they said exactly that. Schwarzenegger never claimed to be a a, a role model. Yeah, a, a paragon of virtue. As yeah, a matter of yeah. fact, when all that stuff came out, he said, "Yep, I've done some questionable things, but you know what? I'll be a good governor because this is what I want to do." And everyone went, "Okay." And moved I on. think he said it a little more Austrian than that. Though. He said, "I did some questionable things, but I'll be a good governor right. for California." Oh, because so. he knew there's footage of him smoking pot and. <clears throat> there's footage of him taunting uh, Franco Colombo with a Twinkie and a cigarette at the Mr. Universe contest. That, in, in and yeah. of itself, is 
Just a dick move? Totally a dick move. <laughs> Is that the guy you want for your governor? Yes, apparently. <laughs> it's he, like when it's the politician who makes like opposing gay marriage his number one priority and he gets caught fucking the maid and, you know. And the maid's, then and the maid's often a dude. <laughs> then that's hypocrisy. But, yeah, yeah you know, exactly. It's like, but, but, but I guess to, to wrap this boring part up... Um, <laughs> But I bought into it, and I think that's the problem: is you can't buy into per anything personal. It's you know, it's done on the internet. I can't do it. I have to back off. I have to have like some distance and not engage. You know, when I see something like that, which to me seems to be a, a logical, rhetorical, poorly constructed rhetorical thing, I, I usually have to yeah. jump in and say no. Well, here's some good things from the internet. Here's here's using the internet for some good. We have you got um, some lolcats up there. We have some folks who uh, have things to say to you. Ah, oh. nothing good, I hope. So, Solipsist Nation says, ask him how he can possibly be so awesome. Solipsist. Oh, gee. Solipsist. Solipsism. Solipsist Nation. Okay. How can you be so awesome? No, that's the question. Uh, practice, 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 practice. All right. Did you go to University of Awesome? I did. I went to Awesome Community College. <laughs> oh, really? Actually. <laughs> did you, did you, did you, <laughs> where did I got you, an AWE degree. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go for that at Pierce College, but they didn't offer the program. I actually did go to a community college, but Ooh. I didn't graduate. Uh, congratulations. We, we, we share that. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Fail, failed to graduate from <laughs> Yeah, I failed to graduate from community college. Uh how long did you go? I went on and off for like two and a half years. Yeah. Because I went part-time, part of the time. Brookdale Community College in Lincroft, New Jersey. Was and it, then I just kind of stopped going. Yeah. I had yep. a good time there, but it just, I just wasn't academically inclined. I was very academically inclined within a very narrow band. I was academically inclined in like elementary school, and I took pride in doing well. And then in high school, I just started spacing out, and I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I just like Similar. I was like failing classes things I was good at oh. I was getting E's in English and I was good at English I just didn't care <laughs> this wasn't inspired it's a sad story yeah and then like I remember I tried to uh, I applied to like well I got applications for NYU and Rutgers I applied to Rutgers and I wrote them a cover letter saying let me explain why I did so poorly. <laughs> like I, I picked up in senior year, but by then it was too late. Right. Yeah. It was like junior year was just a shambles, and that's the most important year. <laughs> right, right. It's a complete. And I like here's why. And I wrote them this BS cover letter. I didn't get accepted. And that was the only school I applied to. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well I'll go to Brookdale because you just pay a hundred dollars and go. I I, I I realized <laughs> I, when I looked at that's pretty much exactly the, when I looked at the prospectus for Pierce College. Their their um, charter is you have to be over eighteen or under with dispensation from your parents and the schools, uh, and be able to ca be capable of profiting from instruction. And I'm like, I am over eighteen and I'm capable of profiting from <laughs> Rob, instruction. I like that. This is geared directly to me. So uh, yeah. But then I went there and then like just did lots of plays. The, the, right. Like the college, the theater department teachers directed plays. And then there was a very active student mm. thing. And that's where that whole thing really started for me. Yeah. Was like just having the opportunity to do these plays in like many community colleges. They had a beautifully equipped performing arts center. Nice. And uh, I had a great time. Yeah, Pierce is a great college. At least it was 20 years ago when I went. Yeah. So I got a lot out of it even though I was just kind of... I was a quintessential slacker, sort of early 80s 
just kind of buck up Jersey. Yeah. I'm basically the situation. Just, you know, <laughs> it's the, I'm yeah, just this uneducated the, Jersey Shore guy. But yeah. I'm skinny and I wear glasses, so people think I'm intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> now it was a couple of years. And, and your theater trick. And your theater trick. You pull it off. Yeah, yeah. I, You're I'm doing able good. To pull it off. But I would have I'm, never known. I'm basically just one of those guys. I would have never known. <laughs> well, that's what I asked you about. Forget about it. A couple of years later, you you've, were one of the. Were you the founding member or the one of the founding members of. Uh, did I just say the same thing? Arden Party Theater Troupe. Yeah, Arden Party was the name of a theater company that I was a co-founder of. Co-founder. In like 1988. Okay, so it was a couple of years later. Way back. I'll agree with that. 1988 was 88. Yeah, we started. <laughs> well, basically, like, I bummed around New Jersey, then I moved to New York, and me and this great friend of mine, this woman named Karen Coonrod, who was a theater director, uh, we formed this company and we performed off off Broadway for years in New York and started developing like a little following and it was a whole thing. That's how like that was how I started like acting like seriously. Right. And uh, it was a great time. Yeah, it was good. It was like running a little business. We did everything. We like we Karen directed the plays. I acted in every play, and then we had like a little core group. And we'd bring other people in, but like I designed the posters. We'd go put the posters up. We build the sets, we'd paint them, it was like, and I did that pretty much for like my first few years in New York, like that's pretty bad. five or six years, we just worked on this little company and we all worked day jobs during the day and we just did this at night. That's also a young person's game because it takes a shitload of energy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you're in your early 20s, you can work all day and then do theater all night. Oh yeah. And, uh, I, you know. And then we had a good run. Like the company itself lasted for like ten years. Wow! And I worked with it exclusively for about the first six. It was like late eighties to early nineties. And then I started kind of just wanted to explore other stuff in New York and started working with other companies. And then slowly but surely started to actually make a living. <laughs> like the big thing what? for me was the independent film director Hal Hartley used to come to a lot of theater downtown and I had started working with another company called Cucaracha Theater and he used to come to see their stuff and he put me in a couple short films and then one day he called me and had this script called Henry Fool uh, and I ended up starring in that and that was like what really jump-started making a living at yes. this which was like suddenly I was starring in a movie, albeit a low budget one, but it came out and it sure. it got reviewed and it was like I was able to get an agent from that. I had tried to get an agent previously. <laughs> this is so long ago, and like I had a VHS tape <laughs> of like of like clips of me in plays, which any actor will tell you are the shittiest looking things ever. Yeah. yeah. And it's like and I remember that guy going, well, I think you're very talented, but like, I really, like he needed, it was a classic Catch-22. Right, right. He needed film and TV stuff. And like, like, well, how do I get that if I don't have an agent? <laughs> and so then it just kind of worked out that Hal just gave me this huge part in this movie. And I'd, I'd done like one other low budget movie before that. And, um, and then that kind of started the ball rolling. And you've ended up working with him a couple times. Uh, several. Several times. Oh, yeah. More than a couple. Uh, <laughs> a few. A handful of times? I've, yeah. I've, um, I've been in, like, a few features. No such thing? No such thing. I, I, I just... Are you, are you contradicting our guest? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you say no such thing? It's absolutely true. Yes. Hal's the kind of guy who just likes to have a repertory, so you'll have a big part yeah. in one movie, and then you'll play the waiter in the next movie, and, like... 
So like I, I have a small part in no such thing. Although I do have an exchange with uh, Dame Helen Mirren in that. It was very yeah, exciting. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, when you were when you were talking about the VHS tape, I, for a second I thought you were going to say you used the same cover letter for Rutgers and you just changed some Yeah, stuff. exactly. <laughs> I suppose you're wondering why I haven't had any film and TV jobs. <laughs> and it worked out a little better. Yeah, this I, I that, that that's that's like uh, one of the biggest regrets in my life is that I didn't pursue comedy and fun things in my twenties. Because now, you know, in in your forties, it is no fun. <laughs> no, this is I mean, this is really fun, but it's like, man, where do you find? It? I, I I do find myself sitting around going, I would be up till three o'clock in the morning at this point, and I need to go to bed, and it's nine because I'm old and I have a baby. Yeah, I know, I. <laughs> But it's, it's crazy the amount of... If Brody's young. Brody doesn't know. You know nah. You'll find out soon enough. One of these days. Your life will be over. <laughs> um, it, begins, it begins at 40. <laughs> no, I, you it, got to bed at 11. That's the thing. is It's, it's very cool. <laughs> I have to say, I have, I, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I'm, I'm writing something for the site. But, um, uh, but I've been thinking about this a lot. And it is very cool. I, I'm very happy about my age. I was thinking about it last night when I was about to go to bed. I'm just like, I hope 60's okay. Because, <laughs> you know, it's going to happen eventually. But uh, we'll see how it goes. But 40's... Sooner than you know it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Helby asks... Ah, yes, Helby. Ask him if he ever caught Doc and Jackson sporking. I, which I imagine is a euphemism for something. I think it's like spooning, but with times. Yeah. It sounds like... Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of More aggressive, aggressive spooning. Yeah. Is that a sort of homoerotic joke? Probably. Probably. Well, let's take, take it as, as that. <laughs> There's great love between them. I haven't seen it manifest itself physically. but uh, <laughs> So so is it agape or, or <laughs> eros? No eros. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh. Um, they have it. They're, they're two relaxed, enlightened straight guys. So if, if, if they were sharing a tent in the cold, I'm sure they could use each other for warmth and not get hung up about it. <laughs> but that's just speculation. <laughs> like, hey man, it's just it's warmer this way. Let's yeah. hug. It's, <laughs> it's like, what? Hug it out. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, well, isn't uh, doesn't the, 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 uh, the, the models for like uh, two Guild of Clamison Calamitous intent watcher guys is it kind of model off of their relationship? I like well, that's just one of many pairings that they do on the show. Well, I'm saying, but specifically, like, there, I've heard that they're uh, uh, that dynamic of them working together in like a tiny room. Uh, <laughs> I thought of that uh, they do work together in a, the actual, <laughs> yeah, uh, Astro Base Go offices are like this narrow little. It's, it's rather long, but it's, like it's very narrow. Yeah, it's like it's like a railroad <laughs> office. There's a, in New York, they have these things called railroad apartments, right. which are these long, narrow apartments. So they have like a railroad office that's just full of stuff, just what you'd imagine, like just toys and things. And I, I think there's it's I quite there's charming. Some but, video yeah. of that on on some of the uh, yeah, you can see a little of it, yeah. and I quite like it. It's on the Lower East Side, and it's it's really cool. We've recorded comment. They record commentaries there. And, but yeah, they, they have to, they're remarkable. You'd have to really have a great rapport and relationship to 
do that show 24 7 out of that narrow office with your partner without yeah because driving I, each other crazy well and that's the and thing i'm is, not aware that they've driven each other crazy or, or at least it's complimentary to agree yeah yeah doc I, is very thin too so he takes up less, less. <laughs> um yeah uh, the, i i can i can remember the first episode of venture brothers i ever saw and i was in a motel six in in um, walnut creek california and I turned on the TV, and uh, it was the. North it was, California, yes. 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 It was. It was. Uh, it was the one with the. Um, it was all David Bowie lyrics from the first, like yeah, ten minutes of the of the episode. It was all the TVC one five when the TVC. And my wife, I love her very much. She knows. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> yeah. And I and I didn't know. I was just like I was sitting on the edge of the crummy motel bed, going, "The fuck is this?" <laughs> and, yeah. Because I heard, uh, you know, ground control to Major Tom, your circus dead, there's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and man, I was hooked from from the get-go. That was It's it's a really funny show. It's smart. Yeah, they're, it's smart. they're just, it's those two guys. I mean, it's, it's they're so, uh, yeah, they're really funny and really sharp. And uh, it just fell into my lap, you know. I, I just, I knew Jackson through this friend of mine in New York, Bob Zakoriak, who's a great cartoonist in New York, he used to be my roommate. And so through, and he's still a great friend of mine. So just through being a friend and roommate of Bob's, I met this whole circle of animation and cartoon cartoonist people. Right. And Jackson started out making comic books and stuff. So he just kind of knew me through Bob and had seen me, I guess, you know, perform in a couple things. And then he just asked me one day, hey, I've got this pilot. Uh, I'm going to do for Adult Swim. I, I want you to be this character, and I said that sounds great. <laughs> and you you do a shit you do a shit ton of voices on that. I I, I use the shit word shit. Ton I do, yeah. Well, I do my main. I do Doctor Venture. I'm the Phantom Limb, and I'm uh, Jonas Junior. His parasitic, you know, twin brother. <laughs> right. Those are the primary ones. And then in the earlier years, I used to do a lot of like one offs, like Second. Cop, you know. You know, yeah. cop on street and passerby. But I've done less of those in the last couple of years. The boys just tend to cover those. Right, right. I miss those. those are some of my favorites are just like. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, it's. I mean, it is a little kind of like a character. you know a, a fairly rich world. You know, it seems like a fully realized world, and that to bring it back to Star Wars. That's what I liked about Star Wars. It is. It's very, very detailed, and it's 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 even gotten more sort of emotionally nuanced as the seasons have gone on. Yeah. And it's like a whole universe that is sort of as deep and detailed as any great series like Which you know, I, Sopranos I, or anything, where there's a real sense of history and yeah. life amongst these characters. And well, and I, I think that's part of what people respond to, other than the fact that it's just really funny. I, well, yeah, I know. It's, it's smart, and, it's smart, <laughs> it, it's smart, funny, and entertaining, but it is... Because Rusty Venture's a fucked up guy. I mean, he's really... <laughs> but, I mean, he's, you know, he also occasionally tries <laughs> yeah and in the last couple seasons especially they've sort of just opened the door a little bit on sort of his own vulnerability and yeah. sort of where all this stuff comes from right right and right. he's actually he had like last season he had some nice little bonding bits with the boys especially Dean there's one where they're kind of sneaking around and <laughs> where you just see like you sort of see the possibility of how he could be a more decent guy, but of course he's sort of unable to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we got officially renewed for two seasons. That's great news. Yeah, that so is there'll great. be a fifth and officially a sixth. Plus, we recorded 
a uh, a special that before the next we haven't started recording the fifth season yet though I, I and I haven't spoken to the boys but I imagine they've started writing it but we made this little special be like a 10 minute little one off that's teaser, a little teaser treat yes that they're gonna air before the fifth season uh, so that'll be good and then and there was also talk of doing at some point along the line a feature length thing like an hour or 90 minute feature I'm alright with that yeah me too I, I vote <laughs> I, I, if my vote counts count, count me so, uh, I'll vote with my yeah. $7.50 matinee and I'll be at uh, we'll be at Comic Con again in July and I'm making my Dragon Con debut in That's September in Atlanta, yes. which is in Atlanta which is another big thing which I've never been to yet it never worked out but I'm finally going to be there and I believe the boys will be there as well so that will be fun see I've never done the big comic conventions well I I mean I I love going it's really fun I mean you know if you're on an adult swim show you're you're you you take the train up there as a moderately successful character actor and when you arrive you're a rock star <laughs> because in that context yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a real big yeah, shot yeah, and yeah. it's that's I keep my head about me I, I, I don't let it go to my head <laughs> you're but just a simple guy from Jersey I'm just I'm just I'm the situation yeah I think he might be letting things get to him you might be see my my <laughs> your, wash, your washboard I'm revealing my washboard abs here you guys just missed a treat. Yeah, for the, too bad this isn't for the for the special. We've been joking about for the video for the video subscribers. Um, yeah, no, I I I used to do gaming conventions for like uh, Dungeons and Dragons kind of things when I worked for the game store, but never to the conventions. It's, it's I've only gone to the one in San Diego for the past two years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a, there's one in New York that's fairly big, but not as big as the one in right. San Diego. I think we have one in Anaheim too. There's one in Phoenix today. Yeah. Well, let's go. Yeah, yeah there's regional comic cons. Let's go. Let's go now. But I, it's fun. It's exhausting. I tend to go. I walk around this center, and then I go back to my hotel and rest. And then, because you know, I'm not a young youngster anymore. We've we've discussed this. Yeah, it takes takes a lot of energy. Well, plus, I but mean, we do a panel, and they like the like a couple of years ago we did one and we got upgraded. There were so many people from the panel that they gave us a bigger room, like right, on right. the day, which is very nice. Sure. <laughs> sure. So uh, the fans come out. It's fun. You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at, at shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline. At 626-66-SHAKE, that's 667-4253. That's the same number. Hi, this is Beth Grant, and sometimes I doubt your commitment to Shaky Town Radio. Get with it. One of the things that, uh, I don't know how, how much Brody went into depth about the kind of our uh, reason for existence is, I, I think that the fascinating... Say the French way. Raison d'etre? Yeah, raison d'etre. I, I, I didn't want to, I, I said raison d'etre before. Um, was uh, talking about like the DIY aesthetic and like you know starting a theater group and I mean yeah. the the you know Doc Hammer Jackson public collaboration is pretty much just a couple guys getting you know yep and that's just that that all that kind of stuff just absolutely fascinates me and thrilling adventure hour I mean it's like all of these kind of like worlds where all these talented people kind of coalescing and doing really fun stuff and really 
Yeah. I don't think I have a point there. I just wanted to say how much I like that. Story. It's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. you just worked, uh, worked with um, Ben and Ben, the Bens, as I call them. Uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour guys, besides appearing yeah. on the show uh, as various voices, you also were in the movie Drones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, I'm sure everyone listening to this must know. But for those who don't, there's yeah these two guys, these great writing, a writing team with the unlikely names of Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Sounds fake, but is that it's unlikely? Real. I think that's a hundred percent. That's that, but it is like something out of if if anyone's going to write a movie, if anyone's going to write a Blacker, if anyone's going to write a a a you know homage to you know. 30s, they might as well be named exactly. Say, we heard about the Ben Ack and Ben Black. I think they were assembled by Bob Ralfishen and, and Rich Schneider. That's right, yes, to appeal to the kids. Reference received, <laughs> say no more. Um, and uh, uh, monkeys, a reference there mm-hmm. for you, uh, yeah. Uh, I got it. We I do just, this live show. Have you interviewed them on the show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, oh, yeah. yeah. So we do this live show every month at Largo, and uh, it's like a parody of an all-time radio show. And, and uh, But they also wrote a movie uh, uh, a couple years ago called Drones, which is directed by Adam Bush and Amber Benson. We've had Adam who are, mm-hmm. are also actors, and we're both on Buffy uh, together. So. And uh, Adam Bush uh, is a member of the Common Rotation, whom we have had Indeed. on the show. And so, and that was basically like the kind of thrilling adventure universe. A lot of people from that whole scene uh, worked on this movie, which is this really funny little indie comedy. Uh, it's basically an office comedy with a science fiction twist. Mm. And uh, it just became available for streaming on Amazon.com and Blockbuster. Yep. And then I believe will be available on Netflix in September. Then I will watch it. And then I would assume a DVD will be coming out eventually. But uh, yeah, it's really great. And all, all these awesome people are in it, and me and uh, uh, a girl named Angela Bettis, and a guy named Jonathan Woodward are the leads, and uh, Sam Levine, the great Gruber from Freaks and Geeks, yep. Dave Gruber Allen, uh, Paul Tompkins uh, has a great off-screen role where he's the voice of an alien <laughs> I have to say I have to say Tompkins off, off stage off screen things some of my favorite things Tompkins is hilarious in the film yes, as a voice coming out of I the, think you uh, could just say Tompkins machine. is hilarious yeah well yes he's hilarious in any context yep so it's it's uh, it's got all these awesome people in it and it's really fun he might not be funny if he actually like broke his leg like actually physically broke his leg I could see him not being hilarious but he would deal with it uh, in very funny ways. Yes, yes. In an amusing self. It would probably way. there would probably be some uh, some some good material out of it. Mm-hmm. I, and I do not wish him ill. I, I, I wish him to not break limbs. No. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you about something. I generally wish most people not to break <laughs> limbs, unless it's in the traditional theater. Sense. All right. We have more questions. Just, oh, from the internet. Yes, from I just had a question. Yes, I just please. wanted to hear about some of your favorite roles that you've done on the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Oh, well, uh, I really, they, they have this one character who's like a World War II kind of hero, square-jawed guy. And I like playing that guy because that's part of the joke is I come out and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm this kind of tough guy. And that's not a role I would usually get cast in. Despite being from Jersey. Despite being from Jersey. The fact that I am a Jersey Shore uh, bruiser. <laughs> right, right. But I don't appear to be one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, almost anything that they write is just like, 
a delight because uh, it's like it's a parody of that stuff, but it's also very. It, it just yeah. appreciates that kind of style, and they just. I mean, if they went back in time, they could write for one of those shows. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, I, I try and avoid saying parody, but it, I mean, it is obviously there's there's a yeah. It's just working in that it's homage, style. It's it an homage. Really, yeah, it's very much. But that. they really like have this. Uh, they just get that kind of style. It's almost like it's their raison. It's like they make it condensed. Yeah, it's like it's their raisinette. <laughs> that beautiful, yummy thing. Mm. A treat. Yeah, like yeah. the quoi. They have a certain genesis quoi that they have. They're, they kind of look like Phil Collins in the Well, they 80s. look like P Peter Gabriel early on and then <laughs> Phil, Phil Collins. Yeah. Got rid of the genesis quoi. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, or you could say the bald guy has the genesis quoi. The, the, oh, now they're both bald. Now I'm confused. Anyway, they both, they both have their hair. So no more internet questions that Malka <laughs> Dupree says. Huh? Malka Dupree just sends her love. Mokado. Oh yeah, good old Mokado. Yeah. Sure. Her 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 props and kudos and Indeed. smiley faces to you. Thank you. All yeah. the She's our favorite. I'm one of our a bushel of emoticons right back at you. <laughs> um, I was wondering, do you get recognized often for your work as uh, R. Crumb in American Spider? Yes, occasionally. Occasionally. Once I was walking down the street in New York and a guy drove by in a car and yelled, Robert Crow! <laughs> that was the best. Were you wearing a straw boater at the time? <laughs> yeah. I, I had a mustache and a boater at the time and was leering at a woman's posterior. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's funny the uh, American Splendor. I you know, for some reason there's there's two there's two guys that I completely have a blind spot for doing really good dramatic work and um uh or it was Judah Friedlander as uh, as what's his face in that movie? Yeah, um, it's Toby. It's Toby in that movie. I, I, Brilliant. Yeah, Judah's a great actor. That's the Judah's thing. Judah's capable of like much more than, than just shit. that kind of dude. Yeah, he does that shtick all the time, and which he's great at. Sure. And he's yeah, but he's like when he has the opportunity to do other things, he's like really. I mean, what he did with Toby in that is extraordinary mm -hmm. because uh, it's that's such a delicate. Right, sort right. of Asperger's-ish, yeah, yeah, uh, socially backward guy. It's very easy to make that a figure of fun, and and he plays it with such. Judas also Judas has a big heart. He's he's I like I've known Judas for a long time, and uh, he's a, he's a very decent guy, and he's he's he and he has a lot of humanity in that characterization, and he really befriended Toby, and and so he just he appreciated him, and and. So there's a lot of sympathy in that portrayal. Yeah. And but the guy portraying him is also a very skilled comic and actor. So it's like it yeah. just works. It is funny, but it's also humane. And it's like I couldn't imagine anyone playing that better. Yeah. Judah in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, I think that the 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 test is I I don't recognize it as Judah Friedman. Yeah. It's like no Judas. I see I see the credit every now and then. I'm like oh yeah that's him. Judas is really really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know when he takes that hat off and <laughs> uh, he he I, he's gonna be surprising people sure. once you know. Well he should because it was kind of it was kind of awesome and and I think the funny thing is 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 if you look at the like the stuff that they did with Toby on MTV at the time which is like MTV is not exploitative um, but kind of yeah you know. The, that when 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 um, uh, Harvey Pekar was really big in the in the early eighties, right? 
you know, it's very like Toby on Spring Break kind of stuff, and yeah. it's easy to make him look like a jackass. There's certainly an element of, you know, exploitation, but then Toby is, you know, also enjoys right the way people and right yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm really proud of that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, Americans. Well, I watch it, and that was. A, I mean, that was like, like the one thing, the aspect of comics that I am into is like I've always been more into like kind of like underground comics mm-hmm. and like alternative comics and that sort of stuff. So I remember being in New York at the time and my agent leaving a message on my answering machine saying, "So you have an edition for a movie called American Splendor. It's the role of Robert Crumb." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And then, you know, normally as an actor, you know, you get auditions and you're like, well, I'll go in, I'll do the best I can and we'll see. And that was one of those moments where I was like, laser focus. It was like, no one else is going to get this part. This part is mine. (laughs) And I was just like obsessed with getting this part. It's like, who better? (laughs) (laughs) Who better? And I was like, but I know his work. I'm a fan and I'm I'm skinny dude and I, I can totally do this. And like I went into the audition, I got like a hat. <laughs> and I'm like, I did my best. And then I got, oh, and uh, side note, the first day of auditions in New York, I went there, the first day they saw people, it was September 10th, 2011. Nice. And they, their offices were downtown. So then it was a few weeks before the callback. Because it was actually against the law to go back down to the casting, to nice. the production company where they had the uh, nice. auditions. And it was like, uh, so I had a great audition on on nine ten. <laughs> why aren't they calling me back? Yeah, why aren't they calling me back? Like I'm on the phone the next day. What the hell is going on? This is a disaster. I know. I haven't heard back from American Splendor. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yes. It's a, uh, but then finally, like a month later, we went. I I got a call back. Yeah. And then not long after that, we shot it. We shot it in like November of two thousand one. That was really winter. Yeah, in Cleveland. Mufa. In the real Cleveland. Yeah. But that was great. And that was Giamatti's first, like, starring role. Mm. God, was it? Man. Yeah. That was the first time he... he oh, he, he was, carried, like, yeah, carried a movie. Carried a movie. He, like, he had done private yeah. parts that yeah. made him famous, but that was a supporting part. Right, right, right. A great one. I mean, that was his first starring thing, where he, huh. like, was the oh, star yeah. of a movie. And he was so awesome. Like, we just got on so well, and we really found this great... It was really fun to do this sort of, you know, his Harvey Picar was this very extroverted, <laughs> you know, kind of abrasive guy. And Crumb, famously, this very internal sort of thing. So it was this whole different energies. And I think Bob and Cherry had a great note. The couple who directed it, they were like, we we're doing this. And they're like, don't look at each other. <laughs> so it was like, they had these two friends. Who, and he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm all kind of internal. And we're not even looking at each other. Right, yet. Right. There was a real sense of like, they do, they are friends, and yeah, you know. They actually mesh in yeah. a way. It, they're not meshing, is how they mesh. And I had just met like Paul shortly before that. I, we had met in New York before we did the movie. I was in a play right before we shot that movie, and Paul came to see it. Hmm. And we met, and we just got on really well. And so, like, we hadn't met before, but we just, and then we, it just worked out really nicely. That was such a great experience. And then I, um, um, I, of a couple of years later, I was at a comic book thing, a small comic book event in New York, and uh, my wife said, Sophie Crumb is over there. And his daughter, who if you remember the documentary, which is incredible, Crumb, uh, she's a little girl in that, but she's a young woman now, and she's a cartoonist. 
And I said, oh, God, I, yeah, I can't go. She's not my wife. So you have to talk to her. I'm like, okay. So I go over and I go, hey, I'm Jim Trapani. I played your dad in American Splendor. And she went, oh, yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> she was extremely friendly. Right, right, and then right. she said, but from a couple angles, you really looked like him. <laughs> That's and what then, we're going for. <laughs> and then another funny thing happened uh, uh, a few years ago. A book came out. It was kind of an autobiography that Crumb wrote, but it's all handwritten mm-hmm. in his. <laughs> and it's sort of a retrospective of his life and work. Excuse me. And um, a friend, it came out, I forget what it's called. It's like the Robert Crumb Handbook or something like that. And uh, my, my friend Todd Alcott emailed me. And he the day, like the week the book came out, and, he, and the contents of the email was Robert Crumb Handbook. Page 157. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that can mean only one thing. He's discussing the American Splendor movie. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay. So I go, I leave my apartment. <laughs> I go to Forbidden Planet, New York, which is the comic book kind of geek store mm-hmm. on Lower Broadway. I walk in, I find the book, I open it up, and there on that page is a picture of me in American Splendor. <laughs> and at the top of the page, there's a sentence, and it says, I thought the guy was a washout as me. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. And then I, I turn to the previous page, and he's discussing various portrayals of him in plays oh. and in the film. And he, that sentence had actually was actually about an actor in a play in San Francisco that had a few years earlier. Right, right, right. So it was like there was a play where a guy played me. I thought the guy was a washout. I'm like, oh. <laughs> And then he goes on, and then there was a movie called American Splendor, and an actor played me. And uh, my wife said, if I was anything like the, my, the portrayal in the movie, she never would have married me. She hated him. And then he moves on. And I'm yes. like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. He <laughs> says his wife hated it, but he doesn't say anything, which I took to be high praise. <laughs> because Crumb doesn't stand on certain. Like, Crumb hates up. He just, this poor actor in this play. Got shafted, yeah. Got shafted, but then he just moves on. And so I was like, oh, that, maybe he took it for the spirit of, you know, it's just, it's a caricature. It's a, it's a, right, it's right, a rendition of yeah, an yeah. idea. Of, it's not really Crumb the Man, it's Crumb in a, in a it's, movie, which is there to tell us something about Harvey Picar. Yeah, yeah. And then the final experience I had was uh, last year, he spoke at UCLA at Royce Hall, where they have these lectures and things. And it was the time that he uh, published this new book which is he illustrated the book of Genesis from the Bible. Mm. It's this huge, very impressive thing where he, he, he's done this, illustri- he's like, done the book of Genesis. It's like an illuminated manuscript kind of. Yeah, so it's just he's, he's Adam and Eve and he's, he's done these beautiful drawings, just, you know, taking that as literature to illustrate, you know. And it's extraordinary. And so as part of a promotion for that, he was doing a, uh, he did a Q&A. He did a... a, a a, um, a panel, not a panel, it was just him and an interviewer, uh, Francois Mouly, who's like Art Spiegelman's wife, was a big cartoonist person out of New York. She moderated it and talked to him, and then they took Q&As from the audience, and I was there. And uh, at one point, someone in the audience said, what do you think about your portrayal in American Splendor <laughs> in the movie? <laughs> and, and, then you, and then you quickly ran to the back of the hall. I just what sat there. What? I, yeah, I, I no. just picture you yelling it out and then running to the back of the hall. I, all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not ask the question. <laughs> no, I know. And then Crumb said, 
Uh, you know, I mean, I didn't think the guy was like me, but I mean, I'm me. I wouldn't think anybody was like me, but my wife hated it. And she said that if I was anything like that, and he tells the story from the book, she would never have married me. And then he said, and somebody told me once they saw that actor somewhere and he was like blonde and really athletic and was wearing an open shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Which, as we discussed earlier, I have been briefly blonde. I'm not an open shirt kind of guy. And I'm really not athletic. Despite being from Jersey. <laughs> Despite being from Jersey. Uh, so, and I restrained uh, the urge to jump up and say, Not true! I'm a geek just like you! <laughs> but then I was, as I was, uh, it was Crumb's night. Sure, sure. It wasn't my place to jump up and go. But it was very strange to hear him indirectly referring to me, you know, hmm. and then inaccurately describing me. <laughs> and then I was leaving, I was in the par- leaving, going to the parking deck, getting my car, and some guy walked by and went, really liked you at American Splendor. <laughs> <laughs> Noting your open shirt. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so Crumb has some idea about James Urbaniak that's very inaccurate. Who does he think you More are? More inaccurate than my portrayal of him, I dare say. <laughs> maybe he thinks you're the dude from Lost. Yeah, he's describing Brad Pitt. Or uh, what's, what's the what's uh, the hunky dude from Lost? Um, uh, ah, Matthew. No, Matthew. no, not the, the other dude, the con man. Sawyer. Sawyer. Yeah. I, whatever. I can't remember his name. I have been blonde in public uh, on a few occasions. You can get arrested somehow, some But cities. where the... Driving while blonde. What uh, have you worn open shirts? Because I wonder if maybe a number of appearances I, have can, been conflated to only in the seventies. But I was <laughs> well, uh, yeah twelve, so yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I used to the the what was it the uh, double the polyester shirt with the the zipper with the big ring on it. I yes, one of those. Oh, I remember those horrible. Often with like yeah, kind of like they were on Zoom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they had these striped, uh huh, yeah, sort of rugby shirts. They the, would call W-G-B-H them WGBH yeah. of Boston. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Zoom. Zoom came Box three five zero, Boston, Mass. I wrote. I sent in uh, some stuff to Zoom, but they never aired it. I sent in. Hor- well, I was. Uh, we're about the same age, I think. I'm forty seven. Uh, so you're you're a few years older than me. I'm, yes. I'm forty one, going on forty two. Uh, I I sent in stuff to Zoom, but. It was pretty much the like five-year-old, six-year-old. Drawings. I sent in that my friend Ed Stokes and I wrote a collaborated on a play, and I, it was it was a good one. I yeah. don't know why it got lost in the shuffle. It was it was basically parodies of fairy tales, you know. So like Boom. the spider came down and said something sarcastic. And, you know, <laughs> sitting on totally a tuffet is bad for you, you know. That would totally fly today. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's maybe it was a little forward for you know the uncynical. Uh, you know, kid population nowadays, boom, that would be right in everybody's. And Stokes was a, uh, yeah, wrote the best line in the play, which I wish I had written it. And it's quite extraordinary. He was like 12 at the time, and it was like, uh, Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curds away. Along came a spider who sat them beside her and said, uh, um, Curds are fattening. <laughs> Way will give you heart trouble, and sitting on a tuffet will. Uh, no, curds are f- fattening. Way is something negative, and sitting on a tuffet will give you back trouble before you're 40. <laughs> wow. It's pretty that's good comedy line. Yes. Yeah. I want, that's, I'm, I'm jealous of that now. Yes. Wait, what's a tuffet exactly? A tuffet is a little ham, yes. uh, uh, ottoman. 
Ah. Oh, yeah, well, here's, here's the line. It's even better. Curds have cholesterol. Whey is fattening. And sitting on a tuff, it will give you back trouble the you're 40. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm all right. I mean, he did not become a professional comedy writer. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he peaked too soon. <laughs> <laughs> that line was so good, they probably thought we stole it from something. Oh, maybe. How could a 12-year-old come up with a joke like that? Yeah. So yeah, probably, probably, got, probably got hung up. Probably got hung up. Ed Stokes. Dude. Good friend of mine. Lives in Philly now. A lot of people in Philly these days. There's a lot of people. No, I mean, Shout out to Stokes in Philly if you're still there. I haven't talked to him in years. I think you should connect again. Maybe he's on Twitter. Yeah. We connected a few years ago via the email. Via the email. This is uh, why I have to make my closet a green room. So we can bring in our surprise right, guests. Right. There he is. Here's Ed. Well, we have a special surprise. We're, we're thinking of turning this into a confrontation reality. Jerry Springer-esque. Yeah. Something Springer-esque. Yeah. Who the baby daddy? That's our new segment. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Philly. I was talking about Yeah, a lot, a lot of people I know from Philly. Bob Tompkins. Oh, yeah. Paul. Born and bred. Yeah. Christina Habercourt. Friend of mine. Friend. Cream cheese. UCB. Philadelphia cream cheese. Philly cream cheese. Oh, har har har. The Rocky. Philadelphia mascot. That thing the with the fanatic face. The Philly fanatic. Philly fanatic. Again, I'm not a sports fan, but I guess I'm a big That's, mascot fan. I'm such a not sports fan. I didn't know the name of the thing. Oh. Philly fanatic. Grass Brothers menswear store that had wacky commercials. Because out in Jersey, we got Philly stations right, right. and New York stations. The, the tri-state area. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, if you don't buy from Crash Brothers, you're crazy. It was one of those old, the old regional ads where they would have a wacky guy, right, right, the, the, <laughs> the, explaining the mentally ill for their. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's actually mentally ill. Yeah. <laughs> so that's there. There. We're sorry. giving this stuff away because we're mentally disabled. <laughs> I'm off my meds. Yes. <laughs> so if you catch me on a good day, I might give you something. <laughs> if you catch me on a bad day, I might chase you out of the store with a shotgun, screaming at the top of my lungs. Uh so, I, I smell a sketch coming up. <laughs> so, James, let's tell people where uh, they can find you on Twitter at uh, James Urbaniak. At James Urbaniak. And uh, there's also a Tumblr. It's like Urbaniak Tumblr. Yes. Are you still doing uh, posting at Voucher Ankles? No, that was what I called my live journal. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the meaning of that phrase? Voucher Ankles is uh, a reference to a play called Tom Paine. Oh, you're, you're based on nothing show, yes. that I did. Yeah, that's it's written by a guy named Will Eno, and we did it a few years ago in New York. And uh, there's a line. There's a great line in the play where uh, I can't remember the exact line, but it's something to the effect of I'm talking about. I was just I was having a dream, and I remember the way this woman would say words like voucher or ankles. <laughs> sort of very funny, sort of non sequitur. And it's me remembering this woman saying words, but they're just random words right, right. that aren't even romantic. <laughs> I guess ankles could be kind of sexy. Yeah, you're into that sort but of thing. But yeah, just remembering like this woman saying voucher and ankles. And so I asked Will, I said, can I name my blog voucher ankles? And he said, yes, you may. <laughs> cellar door. Uh, it's just meaningless name for a blog. No, that live journal kind of, I basically switched operations to the Twitter and more recently, the Tumblr for a slightly more long form blogging. Yeah, you post a lot of great stuff. But the, the uh, Urbaniac Live Journal archives are still there, and I recommend them. There's some good stuff there. As do I recommend. I do not. I dissent. No, that's just my 
my uh, natural opposition to things. That's uh, yeah. no, I, 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 I'm, I'm sure it's wonderful. Now <laughs> and then, I very rarely I'll post something in the live journal now, and some of the old readers will still respond. A lot of the old readers are, you know, on the Twitter now. Yeah, um, Annie Wu was is a great tweeter. Annie W on the Twitter. And uh, she started following my love journal when she was in high school. Holy moly. And now she's like a young woman in her early 20s. Who's a great, very talented illustrator. And uh, so I've, I've just got like, um, there's some great old readers who, and I've met Annie like at Comic-Con, you know, we're friendly now. So it's like there's really through blocking, I made some good friendships and like there are some old readers who are just like I still am in touch with and it's great a friend of mine made the point that you know the cliche is oh the Twitter and the blogging everyone just sits at home and I actually find it's a, it's a force for actual real life interaction oh yeah yeah and no. we were talking earlier yeah. before we started doing the show uh, Brody and I about how um, there's uh, this experience that happens more and more which is that I'll develop a relationship with someone on Twitter you know and then I'll meet them in real life, you know, people in L.A. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like a friend of a friend who you start to develop it. And more and more, I'll meet someone and we'll already have this digital history. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that's true of us. That's, that's true with us. us. Yeah, yeah. I totally. Um, uh, yeah, no, and I think getting back to the whole synergy thing is it's just uh, um, like uh, folks like uh, Casey St. Ange and, and Matt Debenham in New York. I mean, people who worked with, uh, uh, well, Casey worked with uh, Tompkins on Best Week Ever. And I mean, she's like, I consider her yeah. a really good friend on Twitter. She's like, and she just wrote a book and we did this little oh, yeah. sketch thing, a collaborative thing online that we used Google Wave for with a bunch of other folks. And I mean, it's, I, it has She's been, one of those people who it's inevitable that I will meet, just haven't met yet. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like in all the, like the, uh, very friendly with a bunch of the Onion guys now, and Joe Randazzo, who's the editor. Yeah, I always miss Randazzo when he's out here. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, have you met him? Yet? I haven't, that's the thing, is, is when he was out here the other day, for whatever reason. There's always doing, some sort of Twitter-centric get-together. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm not... Uh, you got to, uh, you're, no. you're, in, you're in the loop. Well, that, uh, no, that, uh, that, uh, I had something I was, actually, that was going to a fabulous Hollywood party that night. Yeah, there you go. Um, it was Cinco de Mayo. He was here. Um, last, I think. Oh, and, yeah, he's another guy who, like, I just kind of, through people who knew yeah. him, and it just kind of, yeah, it's nice. Well, it's, 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 it's funny because I just, I think that there's, there's a, some sort of filtering action that, you know, between Follow Fridays and, and, and seeing stuff in other people's timelines, it kind of lets you see, like, oh, this person seems like a fellow traveler, I guess. Yes. You know, or, or, you know, and <laughs> you get, uh, just to bring it back to socialism. Exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, like, literally, it's like, this is a person who shares my sense of humor or my yeah. point of view or whatever. And I, I've, I've found a number of folks that are just good people. And, um, you know, Brody and I met online. We did. Um, there you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's but it does seem to be less like your point of actually stuff happens in real life from this as opposed to the, the classic, you know, dark basement kind of yeah. social interaction does not come of this. Yeah. Although there's the I uh, when I was back in New Jersey recently, I uh, uh, over the Easter holidays visiting my folks, I uh, had drinks with an old friend of mine from New Jersey. Uh, and uh, who had um, she'd been working at a uh, 
she she'd had this job at a local art center and got laid off and she uh, was working as a cashier mm-hmm. in a supermarket because that's the only job she could get sure and uh, she was saying it's it's fascinating we were talking about this thing and this is the flip side of this is she was saying well you know people used to come through the and talk to the cashier and just chit chat and now everyone's like looking at their iPhone and it was rather interesting to hear that and kind of sad like yeah there's still that mm. element of just even just cursory interaction that is not happening yeah. the same way it's, and yeah. and and there was something kind of sad about that. <laughs> although, although I think, I mean, I think that, that it's easy. It made me think you. about not looking at my iPhone when I'm checking out somewhere, or you know, just just simple human. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, no, I think I do that. I mean, I, I think it. I think it also depends on on what you're on what you're there for on the Twitter or whatever. And if you get totally obsessed with that world and you just want to live in that world, but I but I think most of the people that I know are also personable. Like I chit chat, I think. Yeah. yeah. I also love to hear the sound of my own voice. So, but you know, you, there is the thing of yeah. I mean, I'm t- I'm totally pro social media and mm-hmm. new technology. Right. But uh, it just just hearing that made me really think about how you know there is the thing of people outside just like right, right. connected, and it does become somewhat addictive. No, no it really is. I mean, it, when, <laughs> when when my phone buzzes in my pocket and and something. That, Direct message or you know mention comes in. Have I gotten an email in the last ten minutes? <laughs> this could that, be the one. That I have to say. See, the Twitter thing I think is is different for me. It's I would say that that I'm much more prone to be obsessed with the Twitter thing than I am email in general because Twitter to me seems a lot more like a conversation or direct kind of like a big party where other people are talking and you can say hey blah 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 and. Um, yeah. That is a lot more attractive to me than, than email in general. Email tends to mean work for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to eschew email. But Twitter, I'm, I would totally be like, if somebody DM'd me right now, I would have a hard time. But so you've been doing a lot of podcasts. Uh, you, you, um, yeah. Uh, Fair amount. Of super Ego. You've been oh, awesome. I did a Super Ego, which was a thrill. Those guys are Those, awesome. Yeah, that's one of those podcasts where I just think, you know, we're just a couple of dudes sitting around talking and they're actually doing something. <laughs> well, wait, wait there's an art to this, too. <laughs> no, I, I just, I'm, I'm being... I'm being but I, I that, fucking made out of mommy for this podcast. Yeah, that was really exciting. I, I, met, uh, I, I met Matt Gorley, one of the brains behind that, a, I don't know, a few months ago, I guess. Is, and again, that's this thing where we're like, we knew a lot of people in common. And then he just, he asked me to do it. And I went in there and they just, they're very open. I had a couple of ideas and we did those. And then they had other things that I participated in. And then we, they ended up cutting. We, I had this idea of David Bowie meets Sean McGuppin, who's a country Western <laughs> yep. guy. And then they, they cut that right away. And it was on like, in a, you know, yeah. the next episode. And uh, they came out really great. So you just do a bunch of improv, and I, we need to have them on the show. We need to get it's totally. It really is. It's like they were like, just if you have ideas, we you know bring them, but nothing is scripted. But it's all like they take time with it, and so you can take time to get. Yeah. You know, we would like I would start saying something, and I'd stop, and then yeah, because they cut it, they cut it all together. Yeah, they cut it all together. So it has this energy 
it has this wonderful energy of something that's off the cuff and the wonderful things that can happen off the top of one's head but it's but then it's it's structured and cut and sound and music are added so it has this uh very produced sheen to it mm. which just it's but that but then it's got this improvised right dynamic so it's it's just got a really interesting quality yeah no it's it's, it's it is it's really i mean you know all and it's just really funny side, it's yeah. very good and they, they and they they're just they have great imaginations and they're just amazing thinkers and comedically and so just to be invited to participate in that was a thrill um no it's and, a really really good podcast yes i had another uh idea which uh was a sort of strange scenario that happened at a party mm-hmm. no spoilers and so i know they, <laughs> they they've uh, mark from has told me yeah 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 he's <laughs> working on it he's like i think it's working <laughs> so give me a little and i said look if it doesn't work don't use it i have you know please and i mean obviously they're not going to post something just to please me but it was like he's like they're no not. we kind of changed the chronology of it and it's kind of but it was like it's a very strange scene <laughs> but I was like, I just had this wacky idea, uh, and they went with it, and then they just took it to this other level that I had never even conceived. Like they brought their own structure to this journey right, of an right. idea I had, just this strange little scenario, and that was really exciting. It was like it's really just it's writing something collaboratively yeah. in the moment, yeah, yeah, and then they're able to edit this, out the stuff that doesn't work and rearrange it and create something new. So. Which They're is the big really problem. Talented. That's the big problem with improv <laughs> on stage is no editing. <laughs> now they're able to, yeah, really yeah. Uh, put it together. But yeah, it's, uh, 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 I just wanted to make sure that people knew about that. Yes, what else is going on? I Yeah, that, and there's like a handful of independent films that I have little parts in. And uh, I, just, I just wrapped a movie with, directed by an old friend of mine. Uh, this guy Todd Alcott who sent me the email about the crumb book he just made a movie it's like this uh, uh, it's a ghost story mm. it's a low budget uh, kind of ghost story thriller movie called Blood Relative and uh, <laughs> which is a great title it is well, great it's you know and it's uh, it tells you kind of what you're getting into uh, but he's a brilliant guy he co-wrote it with this friend of ours named Holly Golden and, and just got these wonderful actors in it and I have a, a fun part in that and this girl named Kristen Milioti is in it who got some attention recently she was on 30 Rock she played this uh, girl who uh, uh, was pretending to be this sort of middle. right yeah. turns out yeah. she's this sort of I knew it, I knew performance artist yeah, yeah yeah and uh, she's brilliant and we uh, we just shot that so that'll look for that I don't know at a festival near you in like a year. <laughs> There's another movie called uh, The Music Never Stopped, which is this independent film that just got a lot of attention at Sundance, and I think we'll have a release soon, and Drones. Oh, and um, what else is there? Um, God, now I'm spacing out. And, because I, there were like a few... Oh, there's a movie um, called Hello, Lovesome that just opened in New York, and I think we'll get a little release hopefully soon. Uh, which uh, I have a nice part in that. And um, yeah, there's a bunch of things that are 
in the works. In the works. So it, it, kind of when they make stuff. when they make Twitter the motion picture, who's going to play you? If you can't play yourself. Oh yes. Uh, well, David Hyde Pierce, I guess. <laughs> or the situation. They'll put glasses on the situation. <laughs> that I think. I'm James Bunny. Hey. <laughs> my uh, voiceover situation. Let me let me let me give uh, some excuse to show my abs. <laughs> oh. Yes. Man, that just makes me feel sad in a lot of ways. The Jersey Shore thing. I've never seen it. <laughs> never seen the show. I've only seen the fallout from the show. And the, but they're not really from the Jersey Shore anyway. Where my understanding, when they're from Brooklyn and stuff, they just really? go down there to hang out. Oh, right. oh, boo! That's a, oh. Fake. Now it's even. Now it's I even am, worse. That was my stomping grounds. Yeah. I hung out on the Jersey Shore in the eighties. I am those people. <laughs> were you? Were you? Were you a callow youth like that? I was. I well, every youth is somewhat callow. All right. <laughs> I was hanging out in like Long Branch, Asbury Park area in like the 1980s. That's like the Kevin Long Smith Branch Pier was a whole scene. That's like go down there and listen to some reggae. <laughs> it's the 80s. I know. You, yeah. yeah I, I went to Bob Marley. Right <laughs> it's kind of it, it is. It's, uh, it's and there was a whole uh, <laughs> there. You are you with the Frenchisms? Yeah. Well, it's my close ties to I socialism. Actually, I like to call them freedomisms. <laughs> Isms. Yeah. Good work. Typical Republican hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> so judgmental. <sighs> Accent on the mental, huh? Am I right, folks? Mm. I'm never right. That's I think anyone who says am I right is almost never right. That's kind of what my my Am I right? No. <laughs> the right is the wrong. <laughs> That's the right wing is the wrong wing. <sighs> You said it. You just say things. The left, the west coast is the best coast. Left coast. Um, well, cool. Again, anything you want to yeah. shout out? Oh, to and you? then there, I, there's a little. Uh, several months, like six months ago, I posted a little interview sketch called "Topic A" with James Urbaniak, where I interviewed Gruber, who played the author of the Happy Days episode where Fonzie jumped That's a shark. Show. I don't That's know if you great. saw that. I did. Skit. And so we've shot a couple of the, and just started cutting another one of those. Is he back in town? Uh, Gruber? Yeah, I thought he was in South Lake or something. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have him on the show. He, he, oh, he'd be great. First He's people who greeted me in guy. LA. So there'll be, look for that on the YouTube, Topic A with James Rubenick. There'll be another one posted soon. <clears throat> Different interview, not Gruber. <laughs> Where I, where, uh, Natasha Vargas Cooper, who's quite a uh, presence on the Twitter and the Tumblr, she's a writer, uh, but a great, uh, become a great friend of mine, and she plays a role. She does a little acting. Acting, brilliant. Uh, so, uh, and then we have another one with uh, just Allison, Allison Augusti, mm-hmm. who's quite a prominent tweeter. She is. Uh, and she also plays a character. So they're bringing they're bringing their acting chops. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm. It just seemed right for these sketches, these two ladies, for these characters. It's like <laughs> not giving too much away. You're playing no. cards close to the chest. I'm not going to tell you who right. they play. That's okay. But uh, they uh, we'll see soon enough on the YouTube. You'll see it see it soon enough. When, when's we, that going up? I don't know. Probably we just started cutting the moment Natasha. So I would think in a few weeks. Couple weeks, maybe we'll have that up there. How long does it take you to do one of those? Takes a while. Takes a couple of full days. Me and my buddy David Avalone, D Avalone on Twitter, uh, a great uh, uh, lesser known tweeter. I recommend him. I might follow him. Um, He and I, uh, 
make those sketches together. So, uh, yeah, but he, he's a great editor. And, but we, yeah, I come over to his place and we spend like a, several hours. Usually takes the Gruber one. It took a few days to just get it just right. You know, it's like a little movie. It's a little five-minute movie. So I just want to... This lots of takes we go through. <laughs> this is my, my Gruber interaction. First time I met him. Yes, Gruber. Um, uh, uh, went up to him and said, hey, you know, really like the stuff you're doing. It was a, I think it was at Paul show. And I really like the stuff you're doing. You know, liked you and, and Freaks and Geeks and all that stuff. And, and then we spent... He spent probably like 10 minutes telling me about someone else's web short that I really had to see on yeah, YouTube. I see. Promoting someone's thing. <laughs> someone else's thing. He's like, I, I got the show I'm doing. You should come to that, but you should really do this. <laughs> it, was just, it was like, dude, all right. <laughs> I, I like you. Well, I wrote that sketch and I was like, the, the jump the shark sketch. I needed someone who could convincingly play someone who was writing for TV in the 70s. Right. He was actually a little young for that. Yeah. Right? He's in his 50s, but he would have been like 20 at the time. But but he... He, he peaked early. But you you believe him. And and I was basically like, well, it's either Gruber or nobody. I, I'm not <laughs> making this, shooting the sketch of if Gruber does did you walk into the Did you walk into the YouTube executive's office? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Put your foot down. Gentlemen. <laughs> I pulled out a big picture of Gruber. This is who I want. I don't know. Or I'm not uploading the sketch. High stakes. Give, give, give him what he wants. Anything. Anything for a penny. Do you know who I am? <laughs> this will get at least 24,000 hits. I guarantee it. And Samuel YouTube leaned back and yeah. took his stogie out of his mouth and said, uh, you got moxie, kid. I yes. like that. Ulysses 2. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Ulysses Tube. I think that's the dude. I'm sure that's the dude. Yes, Ulysses J Tube. YouTube. Uh, um. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for visiting us today here in Shaky Town. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and so check them out on all those places that we said. And oh, there's another. I just remembered about. another uh, independent film. I'm just going to squeeze it in there from the head. Uh, which uh, get this. Movie about the bathroom attendant at a strip club. Yeah. And I play a denizen of said club who comes in. And a regular? It, it is, I said this last night to a friend of mine. It is the, um, it is the Iceman Cometh of strip club bathroom movies. <laughs> like uh, Shakes the Clowns, the Sith. There is this place, well, like, much like that play, the takes place in a bar and we see these denizens mm -hmm. and these sort of sad stories. So it's... It's a look at the clientele. It's the anti-showgirls. It's we don't see the action in the club. Right, right, right. We just see these losers who come in. <laughs> Pathetic losers. Well, so, I don't want to judge. We just see these people. No, that's that's these gentlemen. That's that's uh, that's one of the names that they are. And the guy who wrote and directed it did that for a living in New York. He Man, worked. I would stab myself. In the he face. was a bathroom attendant uh, at Flashdancers, and. Uh, and I just have a small part. I just play one of the guys, but it's mostly just different guys come in and out. Right, right, right. And I play this sort of hipster doofus. I rock a little goatee. <laughs> How did you do that? Because you really... <laughs> I, I can't... I grew a little goatee for it, and I have like a little pork pie. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know... You got the stingy room going? Yeah. <laughs>
Um, Again, transform my appearance. <laughs> it's, you never would have recognized. It's just it's the community college, man. Yeah, it's really they give well, you the they skills. They taught us mad skills at Brookdale. It's like you know, you, <laughs> great auto body classes, great theater courses. Hey, Brian Williams went there briefly. Really? Yes, the look, NBC newsman. See, look what happened to him. Oh, you, oh, you mean the guy on Thirty Rock? <laughs> Thirty Rock. Yes, yeah. the guy on Thirty Rock. Um, yeah, boy, that actually sounds really good. I mean, not like the other stuff didn't, but I... I no, yeah, the guy's... I have got him, George Griffith uh, wrote and directed. Oh, and stars. George, who played... Who did this for a living, plays a version of himself in this film. Is he, playing, is he the lead? Is he playing... Yeah, he Madden plays the lead. So he's, he's, it's a whole one-man... Verisimilitude. It's him and a bunch of guys coming in and out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think it's, it could be really interesting. And, and no awkward, awkward sex scenes in the pool, like in Showgirls. There's no awkward sex scenes. We see it. We peripherally see some of the dancers, right? But it, the focus is on <laughs> the bathroom. <laughs> the bathroom action. It's uh, it's the feel good strip club bathroom movie of the summer. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> From the I, head. Uh, I uh, yeah no having 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 been a, a patron of strip clubs a number of times in my life, I have seen the bathroom yeah. action. You'll recognize the. Uh, Many types. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that Indeed. at length at some other time. Yes. Um, All right. Well, thank you very much again. My pleasure. Not to, you know, to, to give you effusive thanks for this, but we'll give you effusive thanks for this. Effusive. Right. I appreciate it. And uh, so does Gene. And until next time, I am Brody Foster Hubbard. I am Gene George. And I'm James Urbaniak. Stay strong, Internet. Mm-hmm.